This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right From The Deep. Thank you to our Patreon sponsors. Yes. We love you guys. We you do. are so much help to us and encouragement and a financial help as we put this podcast together. If you'd like to be a patron on Patreon, check it out at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash right from the deep. Yes. And it just so happens that we have <laughs> openings for our sponsor of the month tier. And for that, you get to be announced on the podcast in this spot right here, usually. And then it's also in the show notes. So so you'll get a link to your website or your latest book, and that's on the internet for everyone to find. And you also get a badge and a blurb for the month on our website, which gives you a link on our website for the month. Links are nicer for your Google rankings. Yes, they are indeed. And the cost for being a sponsor of the month is $20 a month. So with that, you get to support the show and encourage us, and you can count it as advertising. <laughs> we like to share when we're going to be around the world speaking at writers' conferences, and I actually will be at the Northwest Christian Writers Association Renewal Conference. That's happening May 19th through 21st. In fact, it's coming up very quickly, it is. and it's happening on the West Coast, and I invite invite you to come join me. I will be there along with other writers such as James Scott Bell, Stephen James, Melanie Dobson, and the amazing Ginny Whitrip. So come see us. I hope you guys do. And so um, it's my turn to share a wonder this week. And I'll tell you, some of you may or may not know, but we have a new dog in our household. She's <laughs> not very old yet. She's about four months. She's yeah. adorable. <laughs> she is. She's adorable. She's a golden retriever and we love her to death, of course. But the fun thing is that we're starting, you know, obedience classes with her. And she, she tends to like eat everything she can in the yard, which is bad for for her because we have twigs and all kinds of things out there. So we haven't used a harness type of a, um, a leash with her. She's had her collar and the leash. And I hate that because she pulls and pulls, especially when we go to our obedience training classes. And I was just, we walked into class, right? And I was just thinking, we really need to get a harness for her, at least for in class, so we can have better control of her without her choking herself to death. And here I am thinking this and thinking, well, I guess maybe next week, but it's, you know, she's going to grow. So we'll have to like spend money on this harness and then she'll grow and we won't be able to use the harness anymore. And it was amusing because like maybe five seconds after I had been thinking this, oh, I wish we had this kind of a harness. This other couple walks into class. Their dog is maybe a month or two older than ours, and she's carrying this harness. <laughs> Their dog is in a bigger harness, and she says to us, you know, I wondered if you guys would like to have this. <laughs> this harness, maybe it will fit your dog. She said, I bought it, but it doesn't fit our dog. It's way too small for her. And, and I was just like, wow, you know, we'll try it. And my goodness, it was a perfect fit. Okay. So for me, that was such 
a cool wonder that God did. I didn't even realize we had this need, but God (laughs) did, and He was preparing this in advance. He moved in their hearts. They happened to have this thing they couldn't use, and it was just, it was the coolest thing. I love how God does these little things. He's thinking so far ahead of what we are, and I know He's doing that for you guys for every day of our lives. He's already been there, done that. He knows what's happening. And he knows your needs, and he's meeting them even before you're aware of them. So to me, that is a very cool wonder. Amen. And And now, now, here's here's the the show. Welcome, listeners. We are delighted that you have joined us here in the deep, and we're excited because we have a guest. And of course, we'll let Karen introduce her. Kathy Golke is our guest today, and we're so excited. She's a best-selling Christy Hall of Famer and a Carolyn Inspee award-winning author of 10 critically acclaimed novels, the most recent of which is 100 Cricket Singing. You know, she signed her first novel contract on her 50th birthday, folks. So that book resulted in her first Christie Award, all confirmation. It's never too late to step into the dreams God plants in our hearts. She and her husband of 39 years, Dan, divide their time between North Virginia and the Jersey Shore, where they share time with their grown children and with three precious grandchildren. Oh, that's so great. You can find out more about her at author Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Golke, G-O-H-L-K-E.com, and we'll share that in the show notes. So welcome, Kathy. We're so glad you're here. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Erin. I'm thrilled to be here with you, and I so appreciate the invitation. Yes, and we're glad to have you, and we look forward to asking all of our guests, what does the deep mean to you? To me, the deep means going deep into the heart of God, seeking His perspective about our broken world, and and asking what grieves my Father in heaven, Hmm. and what conversely gives Him unbounded joy, and What makes me, his child, weep with him? And where do I find his joy in my life? Hmm. And I find those answers, that sorrow and that joy in Scripture, Hmm. in Psalms and Proverbs and in the countless stories from the Old and the New Testament. And honestly, the sorrows I find on the world stage in today's headlines, in current events, and, and in history. Yeah. It's so cool that we have a God who reveals his heart to us in Scripture. Yes, for sure. I mean, that's that's the place where it's there for all time for us to look at. And also by his Spirit, his Spirit living in us to help us see those things too. I I love that definition, going deep into the heart of God. That's that's great. Well, I think what you just said is is true too about Scripture. It is always relevant. Amen. It is all, it is timeless. I mean, it was relevant 2,000, 4,000 years ago, but it's relevant to today. And and for me as a writer, and I know writers are listening today, it's always that God presses some need, some concern on my heart and on my mind, some current event that I believe grieves his heart and won't let me go. And, it, and it's those things that I see emerging in the headlines or some division in society or some injustice I observe. It's that thing that 
if I was given the gift of oratory, I'd stand on my soapbox and declare, but, but because I'm a warrior with a pen, that's, yes. that's what I do with it. I love that. A warrior with a pen, and that's exactly what we're talking about today, being warriors with a pen. I'm with an online group, in an online group with Kathy of Published Authors, and she had posted uh, her speech that she gave when she won the Christie Hall of Fame award. And so I want to share with you just a few paragraphs from that because it it just struck me. The truth of it and the power of it struck me so hard. So this is from Kathy's speech for that award. Through Christian fiction, we battle a confusing and broken world. Our weapons are our minds and pens, gifted by the Lord, forged through life experiences and sharpened by the iron we find in one another. Through story, we enter dark rooms where gradually we lift the shutters of lanterns, offering God's love and redeeming grace. Only then can we rise and walk with our characters and readers into hope, joy, and privilege. Conversely, many writers I see tonight look younger than I, and that does my heart good, reminding me that God is on the move and that Christian fiction, stories that change lives, bringing hearts closer to the heart of God, is in strong hands. So know that I'm cheering for you and praying for the stories you write and will write. May God bless you, pen warriors and light bearers for the kingdom of heaven. That's you guys. All of you listening, that's you. Pen warriors and light bearers for the kingdom of heaven. And then she ends with, may God give your words wings into the hearts of readers for years to come. Amen. Yes. And, and that, that whole imagery, Kathy, of being pen warriors, light barriers for the kingdom of God. I love that. I absolutely love that. And when did you realize that that's what you were? I think that was a gradual thing. Although I, I think maybe it came with my very first book. I always knew uh, that I wanted to write an Underground Railroad story for my first mm. book. I actually thought that was the only book I'd ever write in my life. <laughs> and I was really the most surprised person when anybody wanted more. But, <laughs> but really, I, I started that book not as Christian fiction. I started writing uh, because I wanted to become a writer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write stories and I wanted to write YA fiction. I was working as a children's librarian at the time in a school and I wanted to write books that would set my young readers in the library on fire mm-hmm. and, and get my son reading. <laughs> <laughs> but as I wrote that first chapter, it, it kept coming back to questions like I, re- I remember a question about searching, you know, how our Lord went searching for a lost lamb. My character felt lost in his confusion about the times and what was going on. And as I wrote the story, people kept telling me, you know, you should take out all that Christian stuff because it's really not going to sell. And honestly, I tried, but it didn't work. It just kept coming back because that's who I am and that's who God is. And he is relentless in our hearts praise his holy name. Amen. So, yeah, so I I wrote it as he gave it to me. And I realized as I went through that story that we're in a battleground for our minds and our hearts as writers. And the enemy will do anything and everything to kill, steal, and destroy. And 
as well-meaning as the people I knew at the time were about telling me to take all of that out, that was a subtle infiltration of the enemy for me. Yes, yes. For me. So I think it was at that time that I knew that I had to be honest with the Lord. I had to be honest with myself. I had to be faithful to what he gave me and that that was a battleground. And I think that was the beginning. You know, the enemy is so determined to slither his way in and to whisper those things to our hearts and into our dreams that make us think that if we don't do this, if we don't do that, then our dreams will never come to fruition. And then we kind of paint it with this seemingly holy response where we say, well, if my books don't get published, then readers won't read what God has given me to tell them. So I have to make sure that the book gets published so that I can serve God that way. But that's those are all lies and justifications that we tell ourselves and that the enemy whispers to us. You know, if you don't gain a platform, you'll never be able to speak out for God. And we forget that every single moment of this journey, every single step we take has already been prepared by God and that he's there in every moment and every decision. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to listen to those voices that are coming at us, whether it's our friends or other writing people or it's the enemy. We don't have to listen to those because we can go to the core. We can go to the truth, and that's God's word, and praying to him and prepare ourselves. I was looking for scripture about being a warrior, and I love this, Psalm 144, 1 through 2. Listen to this, guys, and think about it for you as you're writing. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war. He trains your hands on the keyboard, your hands on the pen, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Oh my gosh, warrior with a pen. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Amen. Amen. I love that. I know. Kathy, I like what you said, too, about you know, these people giving you advice, they were well-meaning, you know, and you had to be very discerning about that. You had to keep that soaked in prayer. And for you, you know, you knew where God was calling you to. And I like how you how you said it that way as well, because for some people, they're going to write different kinds of stories than you write. Right. And that's what God is leading them to. But the real key is for us to have that discernment about these subtle, well-meaning pieces of advice that can come from both friend and foe. So it's so it's so hard. How would you say that you were able to discern? What, what were the things that really helped you to, to discern God's specific leading for you? I think I came to a point, and, and I don't know when this realization really hit, but it's been a few years. I came to realize that the experiences in our lives, the very unique experiences that we have been given, sometimes we fail through those, sometimes we rise victorious. But those experiences are uniquely ours from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we learn 
unique things. Now, it's true that there's nothing new under the sun in one way, but we are uniquely and wonderfully made. And the way we perceive what's happened, the way we engage with what's happened, those unique experiences are ours and they're given for a purpose. And we can ignore that. Right. But I think as writers, we can use either those experiences, the things we've learned from those experiences, the emotions we've experienced, we can use those things to transform our writing from entertainment to parable. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is the place and, and the time. Um, you know, our demons come for us in many forms. Uh, we're some are overt, but and some are subtle, as we've talked about. But they creep in like thieves in the night, mm. and you know things like shame and addiction and discouragement and despair and feelings of hopelessness or being overlooked. And for writers, we all battle insecurity. No matter how many books oh gosh, we publish, yes. yeah. no matter how many awards we've won, we battle insecurity, discouragement, sometimes jealousy or envy or feelings of ineffectiveness, or maybe we we feel like, oh, what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have ridicule, even from our families or right. health challenges. And sometimes it's the challenge of the blank page. That was <laughs> really scary. But, but, you know, it's, it's a war. It's, it's a battle every day. And I think that realizing how we are uniquely gifted by the Lord with those experiences can really transform our writing. Hmm. I agree. I think it's the difference between sharing the reality of those battles and the reality of what we went through, the being vulnerable and transparent about our failures, as well as our successes, putting that on the page, letting our characters go through those same things and fail and succeed Hmm. and showing through it all God's presence and how he works in those things. That's what transforms our stories such that God can reach and speak to the readers rather than, you know, trying to, I've known authors who have written stories and they kind of try to cover up for God because they feel like if they failed or something bad has happened to them, you know, God blew it. And so they have to make everything look good and they themselves have to seem like everything is great all the time or else people will be saying, well, what's the point of serving God if you have to go through all these difficult things? We have to let people know that serving God will bring difficult things. (laughs) That's what it is to be uh, in the fellowship of suffering with the Christ who suffered for us and, and who suffers with us whenever we struggle. Um, being a believer and being a Christian writer doesn't mean everything's going to go great. It means that when it doesn't go great, when in fact it goes horribly, horribly wrong, (laughs) we have a Savior who understands and who walks with us. And like you said, uses those experiences to refine us and to prepare Mm -hmm. us and Mm -hmm. to to use those things to prepare others for the battle. I think that's so true and so exciting because just like we talk about story, we are the heroes of our own story, and we have that outward journey, just like our characters, and we have that inward journey that the Lord walks us through. Yes. And if we didn't have that inward journey, if we didn't face that conflict and do that battle, 
in our lives or in through our characters, and there'd be no story. That's right. <laughs> <be> no victory. <laughs> conflict, conflict, conflict. That's right. Stories <laughs> should never be short of conflict. That's because, right. because if they are, they're short of victory. Yes. Oh, right. I love that. That's really the key. The more our characters struggle, the more heroic they appear when they triumph. And the same is true in our life. Only we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't want to struggle. It's not so much fun. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, for believers is that, yes, there's triumph, but before the triumph, there has to be surrender. Mm. Yes. You know, you look at the world today and their message is you need to be strong and you need to face all this and never surrender, never give up. And yet, as believers, we have to surrender everything but to God. We have to say, my husband and I, when we sold the last home that we sold in Illinois, and this is 20 some years ago, took two years for that house to sell. Now, we knew God was leading us to move to Oregon to help my folks. But we couldn't go anywhere until we sold the house. And so we're constantly checking again with God and guessing and saying, what is this all supposed to mean? And after a while, we just stopped asking those questions. After a while, Don and I created a kind of mantra and we said, God is in control. I may not understand it. I may not even like it, but he's in control and I trust him. And you go into that every day saying that several times a day. <laughs> I trust you. I don't get it but I trust you. <laughs> right. And and he is faithful. Yes. He is trustworthy. And we can see that through history, through the Bible, and, and throughout our lives. I love what you said about surrender, because until we surrender to him, we don't have a captain. Mm-hmm. We don't have anybody to lead this army. Yeah. And until we surrender to him, we bow our knee to him, we're not even able to put on the armor. Yeah. And that that armor that's listed in Ephesians 6, yeah. that helmet of salvation, that sword of the spirit, that girdle of truth, that shield of faith that is going to repel the fiery darts of the enemy that aim straight for our hearts. Amen. Yeah. You know, we we have to, through faith, put on that armor every single day. And as writers if, if we don't have that armor on, we have a thin skin. Yeah. And you can't be a writer and have a thin skin. You won't survive. No, no very you true. really won't. You, it seems like there are whole armies of reviewers out there just determined to tell you how you should have written this way and how your story doesn't work here and how good heavens didn't anybody tell you what a bad idea this was for a book. <laughs> Kathy, I... No shortage of help. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love, though, that you started really your whole writing career, or at least your publishing career, at age 50. Talk just a little bit about how that dream came about and happened there at age 50. Well, it started at age five, the, without the zero <laughs> at the other end. When I was sitting on a sofa with my younger brother, Danny, and our grandmother sandwiched between reading us uh, Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass. Oh, fun. And that book was magic to me. And I thought in my five-year-old brain, I couldn't read. I believed that, that, that those black block symbols on the page were created by magic, too, that enabled Grandma to read that story again and again. And she said, Kathy, books aren't created by magic. Real people write books. Well, I didn't believe that could be true. So I challenged her and I said, well, if that's so, can I write books? Mm. And she said, well, usually men write books. 
But my, my, my grandmother was, you know, from the Edwardian age. I and, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and she said, but I, I don't see why not. You have to learn to read first. <laughs> well, I did learn to read. And I, I knew always that I wanted to be a writer. I didn't have the opportunity for that kind of education. Nobody in my family had done it. Nobody believed it could be done. But the dream never died. And so I would take, after my children were old enough, I took classes at night and online for writing. And I started writing for a local, two local newspapers, just picking up light news and features. And then I started working in the children's library and I wrote plays for a group of mothers. We called ourselves the mom street players and we <laughs> performed in libraries and the school and, and restaurants sometimes. And, um, and poetry, and and I guess my first publications in Christian literature were with Marlene Bagnall and her book, My Turn to Care, um, essays about caring for aging parents. Mm. So I, I did all kinds of writing, whatever I could do, wrote skits for church, but I always wanted to write a novel. And Finally, I started taking a course through um, writing for children and, and teenagers. And that was a wonderful correspondence course because it was very much like working with an editor. Mm. And that's when I started my first novel. And it took me many years to really learn how to write that novel. But that was the beginning. And when I sold that novel, I signed that contract on my 50th birthday. And it felt like a new beginning, like the Lord had given me just this second opportunity at life. Mm. And and I, I, I have loved it. I have loved it. And I know you guys are just hearing our voices, but I hope in Kathy's voice, you can hear the amazing, beautiful smile on her <laughs> face right now. We have video. <laughs> she, she's the smile that she's got as she talks about God, letting her step into that dream and making it a reality. That's that's what we all want. We all want to step into the dream God has for us and serve him. So, Kathy, believe it or not, our time is coming to an end. So do you have any final words of encouragement or wisdom for our listeners today? Just keep writing, keep reading, keep believing, stay deep in the word of God, spend time with him every single day in prayer and in the Bible and in meditation. Just be with him and enjoy him and let him enjoy you and then go forward with the unique experiences he's given you to write, to live, and, and he will lead you where he means for you to go. Mm -hmm. Oh, amen. <laughs> let me conclude today with that scripture that you mentioned, Ephesians 6, starting with verse 6. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil in every day, and having done all to stand firm, 
Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And for us, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the writers, and for each and every one of us who are warriors with pens, that words may be given to us in writing boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which we are ambassadors in chains, that we may declare it boldly, put it on the page, and write as God calls us to write. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time... Embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.